great to be here with you. Caroline and I came, and we were married in 99 without the internet. We were the last internetless uh, wedding. And then we, we were at Clemson for a year with RUF and RUFI, and then we came to Georgia, and we hadn't even hung pictures yet when 9-11 happened. And that was such a dramatic launch into a, a new, a, a, almost a little older than newlywed couple, and then raising our, our son and daughter here and being loved by our students and loving our students. God provided a house for us to rent across from Building E of Graduate Housing, which is still part of the North-South Connector bus stop, and also the Bulldog Housing bus. So we live a little ways down the road from that now, but still very much in, in the presence of UGA, in the presence of the world at UGA. There are about 110 nations. I appreciate the brother who prayed uh, this evening and prayed for Turkey and Syria. And everything, good or bad, that happens out there in the world reverberates to the citizens in the United States. In the United States, in God's kindness, has welcomed over a million international students into our borders this year, and basically the last several years. People who come from all, all over the world people who've never heard a single Bible verse to people who have grown up in the church. It's a, an incredible collection. It's an incredible, incredible opportunity. And to be with the church, the, we as the body of Jesus are living in an embassy when we gather together. When you gather together on these Wednesday nights, you are in like an embassy of the kingdom of God. And then you're scattered back out there at UGA as, as exiles and as priests. And I know, I know from being in a class today, I was in one of the counseling classes today that was taught or was led by our good friend from Cambodia. And she invited me to come in because they were talking about aging people. And I'm 57, so that definitely counts for me. And as you saw in the passage about uh, having a lowly body, well, I feel my lowly body in the morning when I get out of bed, especially. But there were two RUF students who outed themselves, I will not out you from here, but they outed themselves afterwards and said, we were looking you up after you said you were a Presbyterian minister, and we made the connection. So you have the world in your rooms, in your classrooms, in office hours, in labs. Go, go love them. I know you are, but go love them. They are a true joy and blessing, a messy joy, and a messy blessing to know. So that's my plug. One, well, one more thing. One of the proudest moments of the last year for me, I can't speak for Caroline, but we as you know, there's great turmoil in Iran, great political turmoil and death for those who are trying to stand for women and life and freedom. They, those three words are called out back and forth in Iran and all these gatherings and protests. And they are good words. 
They are God's words. And they know there's beauty in these words and there's truth in these words and it's not lived and experienced there. But back in October, we were able to go stand with them at a protest or a rally there at the Arch and call out to the city of Athens and the campus of UGA, woman, life, freedom. And then I learned the Farsi for those, but I've forgotten them again. But what was even extra special was that we had church members come and stand with them. And we had international students, PhD and grad students, come and stand with them. And one of them from Sri Lanka led one of the cadences because his own country is in a deep, deadly political turmoil. And I've told this particular man several times, brother, you will make an awesome pastor. And he's like, well, what am I supposed to believe and what am I supposed to say? And I'm like, Jesus and Jesus. So I, he would be. He would be a tremendous pastor. He's just not, not there yet. But to see, to see someone from the People's Republic of China at an Iranian rally, huge, acting as priests in the sense of representing to the city and to the campus the need. So we, being at UGA is special, so special for so many reasons, and one of those is the world is here with us. And they love the dogs, and when we have football parties, it's crazy. And we had our party in 2022, it was crazy. It was crazy in January this year, and we went downtown, and there's lots of pictures and celebration. They're just like you, just like you, in the dog way and in the spiritual longing way. So we are stepping out of 1 Peter, and we're stepping into the familiar territory for what Ben has been, has been uh, preaching and sharing here and out there in the small group and one-on-ones. So this passage has been uh, extra precious to me as an international campus minister, as someone who's lived abroad. I used to live in Japan. Caroline's lived in England, and she went, she went to Russia right when Yeltsin was taking power back in, what, 93, was it, Caroline? 92? Further back then, at 89. I mean, just wild for, for a guy in his kindness to put us together to be crazy people, crazy family, and the hospitality. You guys with hospitality, turn it loose on the world. It's just literally hungry and thirsty for that hospitality. So this is the book of Philippians. Uh, the passage has been read. We've had prayer, but I want to introduce you to the church here a little bit. Philippians was, Philippi was a Roman colony. It was known for its patriotism. A lot of Roman veterans were there, and there was a garrison there, and there was just a lot of rah-rah about Caesar and the Roman Empire. They were very much engaged with the political vibes that were taking place there in, they're located in southern Greece. Philippi is where Paul went to plant a church. And in God's sense of humor, in God's uh, providence, in, in church planting, took some interesting turns. The first convert in this church plant 
was not even somebody from that area. It was called Macedonia at the time. It was a woman from present-day Turkey named Lydia who was there to sell luxury goods to her clientele uh, there in the, in the area of Philippi. She was a God-fearing woman. She heard the gospel preached by a river, believed, baptized, and showed Paul and the other members of the church planting team hospitality. So that's a nice person to have in your church plant. But because Paul was being outed as pre preaching and proclaiming another king, not Caesar, he got in trouble with the law and was put into prison, Paul and Barnabas. And they were singing. They were engaged in their citizen of heavenly work there in prison, and there was an earthquake, and their chains fell off. Now, I would have bolted, but they stayed. The jailer called for lights. He rushed in. He was about to take his own life, and Paul, out, Paul cried out, We're all here. We're still here. And the jailer fell down and said, What, sirs, what must I do to be saved? The other, and, th and that family became part of the church plant. And then there was a slave girl who could predict the future in her demonic way. And Paul finally turned, had had it because she kept saying, these are men are telling you the way to heaven. And he just turned around one day and said, Re rebuke the spirit. And her masters were mad because of the loss of income. And that was also part of the arrest. So a very interesting church with the jailer, with Lydia, and the demon-possessed girl. And it's to that group, and a few more, that Paul wrote from prison. He's always in prison. Wrote from prison and said, God who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And I can imagine those people looking at each other, maybe with tears, maybe with a wry smile, and just like, yes, we lived that good work and that beginning and that has led us here. This is the church Paul loved. They were su supplying his needs. This is a thank you letter that turned into a part of the Bible that God has for us today. Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. It's in my reading of Proverbs, I've just been struck by how much talk there is about walking with people. And there are basically two kinds of people. There are the wise and there are the fools. And they are in this passage here today. And as I, I have, a, our son is 20. He's a cadet at the University of North Georgia. He's in the United States Army. Our daughter is, uh, he's a sophomore there. Our daughter is in the esthetician school at, at Athens Tech and, and you, as you, as you watch your children and, and they live in your house, you kind of know who they're walking, with whom they're walking. And then as they get out and they get out into their world, they know, who, they know who's around. You know with whom you walk. And when you walk with the fools, the God deniers, the God mockers, and the, as, as described here, whose God is their belly, you become a fool. When you walk with the wise, as Paul is, as, is 
calling out to us tonight, people that walk with the Lord, people that are growing in love for the Lord, people that are turning from their sin and confessing their sin and their need and getting involved with all kinds of people from all kinds of places and enjoying the Lord and enjoying the Lord and enjoying the Lord, you become wise. And what a joy and what a gift for you to have this time at Georgia to walk together with each other and the Lord and all the ways God is giving you. What I find most joyful about being at Georgia and basically living at the University of Georgia is that we, get to, we have so many friends. And the hardest part is that they, they leave. And that, that means I don't go certain places. I don't, I don't engage in certain activities. There are people that we have so enjoyed that became like family, and now they're out there. Sometimes we get to see them. Sometimes they circle back to Athens. And you guys have funneled in here, and God has brought you here to love on you and convince you and persuade you and enable you to trust in him to take the identities that he's offering to you and live them out. And then he's sending you out in May. I don't know how many of you will be sent out, but you're going to be sent out. And to find those churches that preach Christ, that talk about the Trinity. We're not, there's more than one member of the Trinity. Jesus is the Son of God. Trinity churches gospel preaching churches calling you to put your faith in the son of god who loves you and gave himself for you those are your embassies those are the places where the kingdom of god exists and where jesus is building out into the world into those who have gone down the path of being a fool he's chasing them he's seeking he's saving and he's called us to imitate our fathers and mothers in the faith and keep our eye on them and walk in the ways that they have been shown. And that is your gift, and that is your opportunity, and that is your lifelong calling, as you see in this passage. Very quickly, there in verse 18, you see what's out there. And, and I love the fact that Paul talks about it with tears, that he has told them this and told them this with tears, who walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they, are, they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. So in my own experience of verses, uh, verses 18 and 19, I'll tell you one story, 1979, I woke up to a world that had flipped upside down when the United States Embassy in Iran was overrun by thousands of university students with machine guns. And it was such a change in just the media of the United States. There was, because of that event, we have the media we have today. That was the seed 
That event launched 24-hour, seven-day-a-week news. And we were all fixated on Tehran, and it was a constant drumbeat, drumbeat, drumbeat. And all I wanted as a red-blooded American, as an American, was their destruction. That's all I wanted. I, I had tears when I was born in 1965. I had tears when Richard Nixon resigned. I was deep into politics as a, as a little boy. I was deep into the world. And I knew who the allies were, and I knew who the enemies were. And I could tell you about that all the way back to the 16th century. But that's foolishness. If you had told me in 1979 that some of our best friends people who have loved me and Caroline and our children deeply were from Iran. I would have laughed in your face and it would, it would have rejected you in any kind of friendship. Yet God in his kindness changed my life so that I have gone from being really a, a proud citizen of the United States, and only God bless America, and that's it, to God bless the world, and thank you for bringing me and my wife and our children right into the hot breath at UGA. I had an Iranian friend in my truck today. We went to pick up a bicycle at the hub, take him back home. He wants to get married. He wants a lot of things that, I, that we all want. He, he said, you know, I think the girls I've met from church are pretty nice girls. I, you got me there. You're right. I married one myself, a nice girl from actually from Caroline is almost nine years younger than I am, and I was her youth leader, and that's another sermon at another time. <laughs> but there was no, we had sparks, but no, no love sparks until... 1999. Isn't that correct, Caroline? Wave your hand. Yes, that's right. Do not call the law on me. I'm innocent. I will not tell you, I, I know this is wrong for me to say, but I will not tell you the citizenship in heaven conversation I had. I had a, I've had many, God, God loves these conversations about citizenship. He just loves it. The, the word is literally here in politics means politics. I did not have my politics in heaven. I had my politics on earth. I had my politics, I had my heart in politics on things in the past, not just present day stuff. Boy, I would get mad or boy, I would be happy. My heart rose and fell on election night. I hate, hated and loved election night all at the same time. One of these conversations God had with me through a priest when I was in Japan as a missionary, God used to totally change my heart on a dime. It spun on a dime over political identities. And I have been a different person ever since. Sometimes putting sin to death, these identity sins, is slow motion. And sometimes it's almost instantaneous. One of mine, a big one of mine, thankfully, 
was almost instantaneous. And it was the citizenship one. I love being a citizen of heaven. Like I told my friend in the truck today, what I love about being a citizen of heaven, because I knew I was going to be talking about this with you, is that I can pick him up and get his bike and drive him over, over on MLK where he lives and spend time with him, and I don't have to earn it. I don't earn any merit for it. I don't, I don't, God's not going to love me or like me more because I haul furniture or we feed 30 people on Thursday nights in our home or whatever it is, we go give a little lecture today. None of that. As a citizen of heaven, we are free to love. We are free to enjoy people, and we're free to love God and enjoy him. We don't have to be here tonight to build merit. You've got to take your test tomorrow to get your grade, but not in, this, not in the kingdom of God, not as citizens of heaven. And it is a great joy when you can to look people in the eye and say, I am with you and I enjoy you for you. I don't need you to get into heaven. We don't consume people. But if you're in the kingdom of darkness, it's all-consuming people. We're going through Job on Thursday nights, and the big question and challenge that Satan issued to God is, Job loves you because you give him stuff. Because he's so smart and great and he's the greatest man in the world. And you take it away, what will, what will Job do? What did, what did Satan say Job would do? You can talk, it's okay. Ben may not want to. I heard curse. Curse you to your face. You can love and enjoy people and love and enjoy God because... Jesus was cursed in our place, condemned he stood, and sealed our pardon through his blood. So no longer are we on the path of destruction. No longer is, I mean, the struggles are there, the carnal struggles, the God in our bellies. But we're citizens of heaven through the first citizen. What, what drives Philippians is in chapter 2, which is this great hymn, this great poem, that Jesus, though he is fully God and equal with God, did not grasp it. Adam tried to. Adam wanted to be like God and grab, tried to grab it. Jesus did not. But he humbled himself and took the form of a servant and obeyed as a servant unto death for us. And God has exalted him now and he is glorified now. And so he has won for any person from anywhere in the world, whoever you are, this title of citizen of heaven. And as citizens, we are waiting. And I'm frustrated with myself because the, the verse should say eagerly awaiting. Eagerly awaiting. I waited for, I, I waited 20 minutes for a bus today. But that's not what we're, we're waiting. That's not for what we're waiting. We're eagerly waiting for our Savior to come back. Amidst all of the kingdom work we do, 
as priests, as exiles, as dearly loved children, part of what should be ringing in us is that our Savior, the full title, the Lord Jesus Christ, is coming to transform our lowly bodies and make them like his glorious body. We live in such a world with God that the coming of Jesus is on a hair trigger. It is more certain that Jesus will come back tonight than it is that you're going to make it back to your dorm or your apartment or the party or whatever homework, study group, or whatever's going on. This is more certain. Jesus' coming is more certain. And he wants to stick it right into our hearts because he knows what it's like to be here. He lost everything. He gave up his citizenship in heaven to become a citizen of the world so that he may take us with him back to heaven as citizens, as loved citizens. I have a lowly body. I have struggled with that all my life about my body. I stayed for the little lecture after my talk and I learned that the, her statistics for plastic surgery were in 2018. Plastic surgery in 2018 was a like a $600 billion business. But that was before Zoom. And my first Zoom call back in 2020, and I saw myself on the screen, <laughs> I was, I mean, I put a billion dollars into the industry right there. I'm just like, I, I cannot believe I look like a hot dog <laughs> with mustard. Now, my daughter is in esthetician school. That's why she, I made her do this. She wanted to be a fireman. And I said, no, you're going you're gonna to do hair and makeup on me and help this face. I mean, we struggle with being lowly bodies. This is temporary. Whatever it is that you feel like makes you lowly. I mean, to know that the earth, not the, uh, the tornado drill this morning, I got a phone call. You got a phone call. You got a text, you got an email, and a siren, right? Destruction from above, or in Turkey and Syria, destruction from below. What the bleep kind of planet is this? It is a deadly place. And as I tell my students, where they want, people want to come to the United States so badly because you can make it here and there's some sense of order here and the rule of law and the constitution and, what, and whoever in the White House and all of the, all the whole nine yards and wealth and yes, it's, it's here, but there's no safe place. There is not a single safe place on this planet. And that is such a lowly reality. And some of you know this so personally and deeply how this is not a safe place. But I will tell you, God wants you to know this. He's having a conversation with us tonight, even with me tonight, as I struggle with things about my personal self and my family has to endure about me. Our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, is coming with power what does he want to do with his power? He wants and will
transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body. We are united to this man. We are inescapably united to this Savior. We used to be united to Adam. And nothing can separate you from Adam. Nothing. And not even death. But the second Adam can. And the power of the Holy Spirit does. And Jesus is our Adam. Jesus is everything. Jesus is coming back to transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body. He has power. He has ability. He wants you to know this is the deal, that I'm coming. Press on, I'm coming. Church on, I'm coming. And that's the last thing here in, in chapter 4, verse 1. What does all this mean? On February 8th, 2023 in Athens, Georgia? It means that we as citizens of heaven, lowly, one day to be gloried, Stand firm, brothers and sisters, whom I love. Whom I long for. This is not a one-time statement. My joy and crown stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I mean, it's like the words just want to come and wrap its arms around you. That's the kind of church God builds where you have men and women in positions of service to give you gospel, to gospel you, who are being gospeled, who understand the role and the deal, who even understand that out there in the world, that is going to be hated. It may be your calling to be a martyr one day, not to build merit, but to be the ultimate witness for the Lord Jesus Christ, as Paul witnessed Stephen being martyred, and that was such a massive work from God into Paul through this citizen being stoned to death, citizen of heaven being stoned to death in his lowly body. For Paul's conversion one day, and Paul to have the same tender affection and love for the Lord and for God's people. That tender affection and that strong statement and the passion of God coming through in the church is going on today. It goes on, and I know it goes on in this ministry. I know it's going on between you. But in God's love for you, He's hitting you in the eyes, in the soul, from 1 Peter tonight from Philippians that yes, I know it's hard. Yes. There, there are enemies out there. Yes, I'm writing you from I'm writing from prison, and that may be your call one day. Or you lose your job, or you lose a spouse, or who knows what could happen. Lowly body life. But this is what God wants you to know tonight, my beloved. Is that help and love and power are coming. It's a promise. You can stake your life on it. One day, maybe tonight, maybe a million years from now, our lowly bodies will be touched 
like in the little miracles we see Jesus do. And everything will be made right and everything will stay right. And this is the reality and the promise with all the love and power so that we will stand firm and let no other loves move us, no other saviors move us, no other belly gods move us. Stay with Jesus, staying with his people, blessing the world, the Lydia's, the jailer, the demon-possessed girl. He who began a good work in you, you and me, he will be faithful to complete it. The completion is being made like Jesus, Jesus's glorious body one day. So may God bless you as you press in to the gospel as it's proclaimed here and as you share it with one another and as you bless the world at UGA. Let's pray. Father, thank you for, I, I, I don't think I've said it this way to you before, but thank you for the men and women you have placed in my life, my wife you have placed in my life, who have loved me, who, who, are, who look at me as their joy and crown. And I know that, I, I trust, Lord, that you are building that kind of sweet affection, serious affection, and living promise for my friends here tonight to have a campus minister, to have staff and interns and, and senior leadership, welcoming leadership, because that's what you do. You love to love us, to love other people, even crazy people. And we are wrapped up together in our citizenship in heaven that we get to live out on earth. We are yours to be blessed and to be a blessing. We groan in our lowly bodies and we look forward to the day when all of that will be changed, transformed, we will feel and experience your power unlike anything else that's ever happened. So help us to keep going, keep breathing life into us, help us to keep breathing the love of God out there on the campus, where we work, where we eat, where we play. And as is said in another place in the Bible, Jesus, Come quickly, Jesus, come quickly as we live here in lowly body Presbyterian world. Thank you for such a wonderful promise at such a crazy time on this earth. Keep us growing, keep us hungry for you, keep us awake to the world around us. And give us, continue to give us people to, that will imitate, we can imitate and make us people 
that others can imitate as well as long as you have us going. We pray this in Jesus' name.